Pastor Xavier Reese, urging believers to be on guard against attempts to divide the church. Paul the Apostle writing to Timothy, he says, wage good warfare. You are born into warfare, so am I. Warfare sometimes is from without, sometimes from within. The most dangerous warfare is within the church. From the enemy outside, we know who he is. But the most dangerous is inside, always. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Curing a cancer in the body requires that you first diagnose it, followed by eliminating it, and finally, follow up with an examination for what long-term damage may have been caused. Such a process isn't too dissimilar to the prescription for dealing with the evil of false teaching within the body of Christ. Pastor Xavier closes our study series of the Book of Romans with some deliberate steps the church needs to be prepared to execute when it comes to attempts to divide the church. Let's listen. The Apostle Paul has come to the close of Romans where he has taught to the Romans the gospel of grace. And now he gives a strong warning against people who would disrupt the life of the body, contrary to the teaching of Scripture. This is always a grievous thing when it happens. And at times it brings overwhelming destruction because we as people are bad news. We're selfish, self-centered, we're proudful, we're arrogant. And our only hope is to walk in the spirit subject to the word of God, ladies and gentlemen. Otherwise, we look out for ourselves and we justify and rationalize everything we do. For that reason, Paul hated it with a righteous anger and speaks in the strongest terms to those who would dare to cause divisions. But what a great message for us to keep in mind of this danger all the time. Whether you come to this church or you go to another church, hopefully you will be an asset to your church and not a liability. Hopefully you'll be there to build up the body of Jesus Christ and to jump in the trenches and not simply to be a critic. I know it all. Hopefully you're a servant of Christ and not a servant of your own self. This is a very strong warning and exhortation that he gives to the Romans. And so... We want to look at the command of Paul regarding those who would cause troublous dissensions in the church, which is characterized by three things. Let me read here. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrines which you learn and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your Obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad in your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And so the command of Paul regarding those who cause trouble as dissensions in the body is characterized by the following. First, verse 17. The command against divisive people. 18, the condemnation against divisive people. And 19 and 20, the confidence in the defeat of divisive people. 
The command against divisive people. Look at verse 17. The command of the Apostle Paul is based on a loving plea. Don't miss it. Now I urge you, brethren. Paul requests the Romans to take heed to this important warning. The word urge means to come alongside. To call for someone to summon them. It could be translated beseech or beg. And that's the way it's translated. Remember that the practical section began in chapter 12. Chapter 12, I beseech you, it says... Therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In view of the fact of all that God has done for us and the grace and saved us, this is the least we can do. And what better way than to present your body as a living sacrifice to oppose those who would disrupt the harmony and the unity of the body of Christ. And so again, here you have this apostle in a very loving submission to them, serving them. Notice Paul requested their attention based on their family relationship. The Romans and Paul belonged to the same family in heaven, though they were presently on earth. Indicative of the term brethren, Adelphos, indicating born of the same womb. They had been born again of the word and the spirit of God, which made them children of God. All of us have been born of our parents, of sinful nature. If we're born once, we die twice. We die physically, we die eternally. That's the second death. If we're born twice, first of our parents, that's necessary, but then we're born again by the word and the spirit of God, then we will die only one time physically, but we will live eternally with God. Now, the Romans and Paul owed their salvation to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember, he opened up with that in chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation to the Jew first and to the Gentile. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, according to Habakkuk 2.4. That's his premise, that's his proposition, and he declares it for 11 chapters completely, from every which way. They had come through the mediator, Jesus Christ. There's no other way you can come to God. They had experienced the power of God into salvation. They had been changed. Their eyes had been opened. They had solely believed by faith what God had revealed. No works, no merits, no nothing. Justification. Now that they're born again, there are works. But for the gospel for salvation, there's no works. Notice the command of the Apostle Paul is based on troublemakers in the church. Note those who cause division and offenses. The command of Paul identifies two groups of people. These individuals who are the source of the danger, those who are more interested in themselves than the unity and harmony of those in the church. These are not identified by Paul by name, but rather by what they do. Jesus says you will know them by their fruits. The word note there means to look at, observe, contemplate, or to mark. And the idea is of being having a fixed eye, fixing one's eyes upon to direct one's attention to literally take aim at. I am sure if Paul or Jesus were here, they would not get a job in any church because they're too negative, too judgmental. You have your child bring some friends over the house. And if you're a sharp parent, your ears are open, your eyes are open. Whether they're going to be good influence toward your children or bad. You understand? Notice the command of Paul identifies two problems also. These individuals cause divisions. Divisions means dissensions. 
and seditions that bring about this unity again to the body of Christ. The word appears three times in the New Testament. The people who disrupt and destroy the unity of the body choose to take up their own cause at the expense of the harmony of the body in order to prove their rightness about whatever issues they might have. It's all about them. That's the way we used to live, ladies and gentlemen, in the world. The trinity of darkness, me, myself, and I. We're all joiners with Jesus Christ. Paul used it regarding the Corinthian party divisions in 1 Corinthians 3.3. 3. As you know, they're saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Apollos. And those who really thought they were spiritual say, well, and I'm of Christ. <laughs> Paul says, aren't you carnal? You're born again, but you're living like you weren't. Paul names it as one of the works of the flesh, dissensions in Galatians 5.20. It's always the work of the flesh, the natural man, the sin nature. Now notice the individuals also cause offenses. The word is scandalon. It's a, the removable stick or the trigger to trap. Remember being a kid, you're trying to trap pigeons or doves or something. You put a box up, put a stick and a little string and you walk away and pull. That's what it is. In a wide application, it means any impediment placed in the way causing one to stumble or fall. A trip step. Something placed before someone. Jesus used it when Peter tried to stop him from going to the cross in Matthew 16, 23. Right after he gave the confession that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Paul used it of Jesus who would um, be a stumbling block to the Jew in Romans 9.33. In Romans 14.13, he used it for a strong weak in the faith as we saw with things of conscience, not to put a stumbling block or to cause a brother to fall by the way. Same word. Notice the command of the Apostle Paul is based on declaring the seriousness of the error of such troublemakers, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. Wow. Paul declared these individuals who instigate dissension and entrapments do so in contradiction to the word of God. Okay? Warning of the dynamics of people. Because, you know, the church would be a great place if it wasn't made up of people. That's the problem. And if you're looking for the perfect church, when you find it, don't join it. You'll mess it up. The word contrary is the word para. We've looked at it many times to get parallel, parking, paralegal, paramedic, all of that. Coming alongside. It means besides, literally. Indicating next to and at the same time, but in opposition. At the same time that you're learning what is right and correct according to doctrine, you've got other people teaching other things that are contrary to doctrine in the body of Christ. You understand? So you're to be wise. I thank God for the years all that God has done. When people come to you and try to suck you in, and they start talking about somebody, and say, excuse me, have you talked to them already? Well, well no, but I did. Well, well, let me tell you, I'm going to see them today. I'm going to tell them that you want to talk to them about something. That's the last time that person is going to come and gossip with you. Or to slander somebody. 
You're telling straight up to that person, we in this body do not tolerate slander. We practice Matthew 18. You got a problem with somebody, you go talk to them first. You go by one, you go by two, you go by three. You can't handle it, then you come and get us, and then we sit down. You understand? Churches don't do that today. The word doctrine, as you know, is dedicated. It means teaching. That which had been taught to them regarding the gospel, the person of Christ. They had learned. Increasing in knowledge. And I'm never going to stop learning. The more I learn, the more I know, the less I know. It's ever ending. Now notice Paul declared these individuals are to be avoided. The word avoid means to turn oneself away. To keep aloof from them. From that type of people or society. It appears three times in the New Testament. In Romans 3.12, Paul used the word for all mankind who had gone out of the way from God. 1 Peter 3.11, Peter used the word for the believer to turn away from evil. Notice they are to be avoided if they do not repent. That's the implication. Someone that repents and is restored and is corrected, then they're back in fellowship. But if they continue in the same attitude and word and indeed in opposition to the unity and the harmony of sound teaching, they're to be avoided. So that means there is an excommunication even at times. We see it in 1 Corinthians 5, 5 for that young man that was sleeping with his stepmother, right? Kick him out. Turn him over to Satan. That the destruction of flesh, he may be saved. All right? Let me tell you, confrontation is never for mere castigation. It's for correction, for repentance. You understand? You as parents, when you're chasing your children, you, you just you, you don't say, oh, man, I can't wait for this sucker to get out of line so I can whack him next time. No, no. You're, you're just, your concern is that they may learn and turn so they receive the better, right? That's the motive behind confrontation. They're to be avoided so as to not be part of their division or offense they're to be avoided so as not to be contaminated by their murmuring and gossip they're going to use smooth words we'll get into that as we move along they're masters this is not an accident that they do you remember Korah in the Old Testament he ensnared 250 leaders of the congregation to side with him and declared to Moses and Aaron that they took too much upon themselves, that they were exalting themselves over the congregation and they wanted to intervene into the priesthood. And yet God had chosen them for a work, but they didn't, they wanted more in Numbers 16, 1 through 3. See, the thing behind it, people become very envious and very carnal and very self-seeking and self-promoting. And they come to think that the church is like any business or any sport. You know, you just got to work hard. You got to just knock heads and get to the top. No, the church is an upside-down pyramid. You work your way down. You understand? You and I are to be the servant of all. The Bible is our authority. We're here to serve one another. We're here to reach the lost. That's what we're here for. The end result is murmuring and gossip and complaining to others who will hear and partake of it. Infecting people. We're to withdraw from them. 
Listen to 2 Thessalonians 3.6. But we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother, every brother, talking to Christian, who walks disorderly and not according to traditions which he received from us. This Bible holds me responsible. This Bible holds you responsible. I don't hold you responsible. The Bible does. It's not my authority. They're not my rules. They're not my standards. They're God's standards. For me as well as for you. Now, this takes place among the body life causing great pain. And destruction at times to the innocent party who is drawn in. As well as the things God is doing in the church. They're disrupted. Paul the Apostle writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 18-20. through 20, He says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage good warfare. You are born into warfare. So am I. It never ends to the day I die. Warfare sometimes is from without, sometimes from within. The, the most dangerous warfare is within the church. One, from the enemy outside, we know who he is. But the most dangerous is inside. Always. Having faith and good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom Hymenius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Paul the Apostle spent his last meeting with the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, warning them and prophesying that they were going to lead people unto themselves. These two guys are probably two of those elders or leaders. Because he names them by name. They are so known that they are dangerous at this point. They have made shipwreck of the faith. And so he marks them. Now how often people get mad because we call names. Listen, I call names when I know people are teaching heresy. You as a parent warn your child, I don't want you hanging out with Billy. You do it because you love your child, not because you hate little Johnny or Billy or whatever. Simple. This also happens in leadership roles where people become lifted up in pride. Presuming on their position and importance and run with things that are not well investigated or thought through. And they take a personal side with a group. Forgetting the most basic principle of leadership. Listen carefully. You always protect the sheep. You always protect the sheep. Listen to Paul, Philippians 3, 17 through 19. Brethren, join in following my example and know those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. He warns them. 2 Timothy 2, 16 and 18. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker does not need to be ashamed. Rightly divine the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings. For they will increase to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like cancer. Here we go. Some more names. Hymenius, Philetus are of this sort. Who have strayed concerning the truth. Saying that the resurrection is already past. And they overthrow the faith of some. The love is for... The people, the sheep, the names are articulated to protect the sheep from deception. Here's some more leaders who were well known. And people look up to them. They have turned away from the faith. 
He protects the sheep. Notice, secondly, comes the condemnation against divisive people. Verse 18, the condemnation of these individuals by the Apostle Paul is due to the fact that they are not, listen, serving Jesus. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul declared that those who bring about divisions and offenses contrary to the teaching of Scripture are not serving Jesus out of an intimate relationship. The word serve, the luo, means a bond servant who serves by choice, as you know from the Old Testament. They do not see themselves committed slaves of the word or the will of God. It's their word and their will. The pronoun our marks the distinctive between the faithful believers and the unfaithful troublemakers. Our Lord. There's a big difference when you say, well, that's your mom. But when you say our mom, then it's includes both of you, right? There's a relationship there. Those who do not serve the Lord do a disservice to the church body. Now notice Paul declared that those who bring about divisions and offices contrary to the teaching of the scripture serve themselves in their own agendas. Again, the word serve is a bond servant. They're slaves of their own agendas. They're slaves of their own goals, their own, their own issues. Notice the condemnation of these individuals by the apostle Paul is due to the fact that they serve the fallen nature of man. But their own bellies. The phrase, their own bellies, is used figuratively to indicate the soulish or the carnal aspect of man. The evil heart of man. The seed of thought, emotions, and the will. These individuals serve their own desires. They serve to see what they can bring about. Or what they can bring to pass. How can they manipulate? How can they... And there's some people that it's amazing to me. They're just like little termites. They serve their own sensual appetites, envy, jealousy, dissension, backbiting. They serve their own will, being self-will and an authority in and of themselves. They serve their own intellect, thinking. They possess the right information and wisdom and proper decisions is always because they're so wise. While violating scripture and the good of the church. These individuals do not serve the Lord but themselves. Evident by walking in the flesh. Not in the spirit. Notice the condemnation of these individuals. By the apostle Paul is due to the method of their deception. And by smooth words and flattering speech. Notice Paul stated that the manner in which they bring about divisions and offenses is evidenced by uh, that they know. It's just sheer evidence that they know exactly what they're doing is wrong. How do they know? Because they're using smooth words. If they didn't know, they would be just, they would, you know, like little kids, innocent. And, 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 and they don't know what they're, they're saying or doing sometimes. So they just say things and you say, well, why did you tell me that? It, it, it busts you, you know what I mean? Because they're naive. These people, they think. They know what they're doing is wrong, so they got to cloak it. Smooth words. That phrase means fair speaking in such a way to give an appearance and a similitude of goodness. Putting on a mask. That's what the word hypocrite means. From the theater. The smile and the frown. You put a mask on to portray someone else other than yourself. Practices sin before Jesus who sees all things in secret. And he sees the motive of the heart. 
So we can deceive one another, but we don't deceive the Lord. Smooth words. Pastor Xavier Reese, providing some important details on better knowing the enemy within the church. Simple truths drawn from Romans chapter 16. And if you'd like a copy of today's study to dig deeper into its teachings, or perhaps to pass on to a friend, it's simply titled, People of Divisions and Offenses. You can request a CD for just $4. And by the way, this CD contains the complete message as it was originally delivered, but didn't have time to include on the air. So, once again, the title to ask for is People of Divisions and Offenses, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address, once again, is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com